make a declaration as we get started today. And would you just say this after me? Say this. Today I declare my past is redeemed. My present is blessed. My future is secure. I declare hell cannot handle me. The devil cannot stop me. Because God has anointed me. I'm ready for his word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, give it up really loud today. Yeah. You can go ahead and be seated today. Man, I'm excited to be here. In fact, today I want to preach a message called, It's Your Finest Hour. Would you look at somebody right now and just say, It's Your Finest Hour. Let them know. Encourage somebody today. It is your finest hour. Now, I know in a room this size with the amount of people we have that there could be one or more of you say, well, how could be, how could this be my finest hour? I've been going through hell. Anybody ever been through hell? Come on, you got the smell on you, the ashes, all that res- You're here, right? You're alive today. See, the problem is everybody goes through hell, but not everybody grows through hell. It takes real people of passion and life and hope that grow even though they go through hell in this life. And that's the beauty of our faith in Jesus. He gives us hope that lasts beyond the problems and the difficulty. He gives us joy when we feel miserable. Come on, any happy people in the house today? So I don't mean to undermine what we go through because we all go through stuff. Come on, anybody ever been through anything recently? Some difficulty, some challenge, some loss, a breakup, whatever it is. I'm not undermining it, but what I am saying is God still has a plan for your life. God is not done. As long as you've got a pulse, you've got potential. As long as there there is blood flowing through your veins, God wants to use your life and do something incredible in you because your darkest hour can often become your finest hour. I think so often we allow the darkness to blind us from what God wants to do in our life. So whether you've been in church your whole life, any, any lifelong churchers? Okay, seven of you. <laughs> and if you haven't been in church your whole life, let me hear you. Okay. Do you know where you've been? Wow. Some of you are asking, well, I used to go to this church. Was that a church? It counts, okay? It counts. See, there's times in our lives where we feel like we could be facing so much stuff, so much difficulty, so much pain or hurt or challenge. But here's my advice to all of us today. Don't give up. Don't quit. And do not cave in to any attack that you experience Because if you quit, you will miss your finest hour. But if you stay strong and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will experience your finest hour. Because I believe for Church Unleashed, this is your finest hour. There is something that God wants to shift and do in every single person's life today. I believe this. For some of you, you are coming out of that depression. You are rising above the loss, and you are embracing your destiny. And I pray today that something rises in your spirit today. Come on, church. I pray something gets up on the inside where you realize, now I built a bigger stage so I can wander to this side of the room. 
Because sometimes the wings ain't as passionate as the center. But I really pray that something rises up today. On the inside of you, we say, man, God is for me. Nothing can stop me. Then I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to keep pushing through what life has brought me to. Don't stay down. Put some giddy up. Put some get up in your giddy up. (laughs) Bible declares this. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Notice the Bible does not say if you go through those things. It says when you go through those things. A lot of people think, well, I come to faith in Christ. Everything's going to be perfect. I'm not going to experience any problems or difficulties. Can we talk about it? The truth is, just because you become a follower of Jesus, that does not mean you're immune to problems. It usually means you're attracting more problems. Because the enemy now gets upset because he lost another one. Aren't you thankful that you were one of those that were once lost, but then you were found by the person called Jesus, and he brought you in? Hell gets very angry when one more rolls into church, when one more rolls into God's family. Hell gets upset. So sometimes the problems escalate when you come to faith. Because the enemy's not happy anymore. But I'm not in this thing for a perfect life. I'm not in this thing for a comfortable life. I'm in this thing for a Jesus-loving life. And if I honor him with everything, it doesn't matter what else I may face in this world. It does not say if you go through deep waters. It says when. But it's in those deep waters you learn how to swim. In those deep waters you learn how to swim. You know, I don't know if you know that. I learned how to swim when I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. I was a late bloomer. I was at the Buffalo Christian Center in Buffalo, New York. Used to be the old YMCA. And the swimming instructor, you know what he did? He just pushed me in. 12 feet deep. Can I tell you what happened? I learned how to swim really quick. I got myself back up, and that was my introduction to swimming. Now, I don't advise you teach your children that way. But I learned how to swim as soon as I faced a challenge. I think some of us, we, we're not learning because we're not facing any difficulty. Difficulty refines you. See, it's in the rivers of difficulty you will always increase your trust in God. That you see that God has been faithful and consistent in your life. When the flames burn hot, your faith always burns brighter when you stay connected to Jesus. Because this is your finest hour. Prophet Isaiah declared this, Get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up! Just wanted to see. Some of you look like you're sleeping. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people sunk in deep darkness. But God, listen to this, God rises on you. Think about that. 
No matter what you face, no matter what's happening in this world, God rises on you. He shines on you. Your future is brighter than you could ever imagine, church. Because God is shining on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Wake up, church. Get excited, Church Unleashed Comac, because God is in this place, shining on your life, and he wants to shine through your life today. Truth is, there can be darkness all around us, but you have a choice to make. You you can either let the darkness in or let it stay on the outside. I'm going to choose to let the darkness stay on the outside. I do not want to bring it in. Hear this today, and this is important. Light shines the brightest in the darkness. Light shines the brightest in the darkness. In fact, you ever tried to put a flashlight on outside? In the daylight? Did you ever lose your keys like I did this week to the garage? I didn't go outside with a flashlight in the middle of the day. Where are those keys? You know what I did? I couldn't find the keys. So you know what I did? I had to break into my garage. Anybody ever had to do that? I talked to somebody and they said, let's just stick a crowbar in there and push really hard. It will open. I did not know how it was going to open. Everything broke. (laughs) What's the lesson? I need two sets of keys to my garage in the future. That had nothing to do with anything. I just figured I'd tell you that. (laughs) See, the truth is in life, you can feel like you're living in darkness. Maybe the darkness of a broken relationship the darkness of a loss of a family member or friend, the darkness of debt, the darkness of anxiety or worry, the darkness of discouragement. You can choose to live there or you can choose to embrace what Isaiah said, that God is shining on you. I'm going to choose to walk in the light of the sun, S-U-N. S-O-N. I'm going to choose to stand on his promises and his word. I want your faith to grow today. I want you to get your hopes so high that it's the best buzz you've ever gotten in your life was in God's house because your faith was stirred today because this can be your finest hour. And you got to grab this today. If you want to have a fine hour life, you can't let anyone or anything hijack your hope. There is so much stuff out there, so much that could discourage you. Come on, church. You may not like certain things in this life. You may not like what the government does. You may not like what happens in education. You may not like what happens here and there. But the truth is, we as children of the Most High God, we do not operate by the same code. We operate by a different code. That means it doesn't matter who's in authority in this world. I know who's in authority over this world. His name is Jesus. So I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to go through life posting on social media about everything I don't like or everything I'm against. I want to post, celebrate what I am for and who I am for and what I am living this life for. I want to be what shows people the goodness of God. I want to be the person everybody says, oh, there's that Christian again. Trashing another person. 
attacking this politician. Let me tell you, I'm not going to attack anybody. I'm going to celebrate what God is doing in this world. And you know what I see God doing in this world? He's building a church in Comac where there are people that are excited about Jesus. And we have Democrats and Republicans and independents in the house. We have red, yellow, black, and white. We have conservatives and we have liberals. We have gay and we have straight. We have people that come from the gutter and people that come from the upper. They are in this place today to to celebrate the love, passion, and purpose of Jesus. That's what we're about. Doesn't always mean we agree with everyone that walks into our church. But that's the beauty of relationship, right? Don't always have to agree, but eventually all of us have to line up with this. So I accept everyone. Our job is then to show you what God's word says about your life, your condition, your status, your situation, so that you can grow and change. Jesus, he's speaking to his disciples, and he tells them that he's about to leave them. He's been working with them for three and a half years on his personal mission. And then Jesus gives him a, gives his disciples a glimpse into the suffering he's about to experience. And he says this, your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. In other words, you're about to face a difficult moment. The hour is going to be challenging. Jesus then turns this conversation like he always did into a teachable moment. And he tells them multiple times, in the middle of your darkest moment, I will give you joy. In other words, this will be your finest hour. Think about each one of those disciples. Here they are discouraged and down when Jesus is then crucified and laid to rest in a tomb. And yet, it was those individuals that changed the world. Come on. Out of discouragement, out of difficulty, God brought them into their divine destiny. You may be in difficulty. You may be in challenge. You may be in debt over your head, but that does not eliminate you from God using your life or directing your destiny or speaking to you or motivating you or directing you. In fact, Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, he said, you will have abundant joy. In other words, overflowing. Come on, anybody happy in the house today? Church ought to be the happiest place on the planet. In this passage, the original Greek word for abundant means overflowing. Overflowing joy. That means your joy ought to flow, overflow at work. Oh, do you know how many people frustrate me on Mondays when they post, got to go to work? I'm thinking, you knucklehead, be grateful you got a job. Oh, Wednesday, almost there. Thinking you're making me miserable with all your posts. I don't like your job. Friday, thank God it's Friday. And then the weekend, oh, it's raining. It's like everything is a complaint. Am I talking to the right crowd today? I'm like, I literally sometimes, you know, you know, you just want to love people in Jesus with a quick right hand of fellowship. 
We are so blessed. Come on, church. We are so blessed as people. I mean, think about all the blessings that God's given to us. And hearing the reports, Mary mentioned it before about the Peru trip. And hearing how so many people there live in poverty. And there's so much less than what we have. And yet we complain. And then we went to Buffalo in the projects, in the hood. I'm telling you, it was some of the most intense times. In fact, Buffalo Police Department would not let us go canvassing without them. And yet we complain. I don't like my school district. Can't believe I got the calendar one week later than I planned my vacations. (laughs) Bible says the joy should be overflowing in every area of your life. That means when you go to the PTA meeting, you're the happiest parent there. When you get into work on Monday morning, you're the happiest employee there. When you go and you have to serve as a juror, I'm ready to go. I'm in it to win it. I'm happy to be here. Hi, Judge. You're going to do great today. I know you're awesome. You got to be happy wherever you go. Should be overflowing in every area of your life. I've met people that are facing the darkest hour of their life, but still smile. And then I've met some that have everything going perfect and they're miserable. I want to have a little bit of the happy juice of Jesus. And that only comes from that personal relationship, always growing, always living. See, the blessings and favor of God are not temporary on your life. They don't just last for a moment. The Bible says those promises are for the rest of your life. Hold on to hope. Hold on to the hope that only comes from the person named Jesus. The Bible describes our hope as an anchor for the soul. It goes on to say it is firm and secure. Your hope is only firm and secure when your hope is in Jesus. There's a security that takes place from having that relationship with him. Don't let anyone hijack your hope. Don't let sickness or pain, betrayal, anger, bitterness, loss, or whatever rob you of hope that every day when you wake up, it's going to be a good day. That every moment you bring, it's going to be a great day. Whether you get the raise or not, it's still a good day. Whether a doctor's report is good or bad, doesn't matter. I'm still going to have a great day because my hope is not in anything I see. My hope is in the unseen one that controls everything about my life. Your hope is bigger and stronger if your hope is in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Who's got some hope in Jesus today? That's where it belongs. This is your finest hour. Hey, what's going on? I'm so glad that you are on our YouTube page right now. We really hope that you are enjoying the message that you're listening to. But I want to interrupt really quick to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube page. Subscribe today, right now. If you want more videos and messages like this, you do know they can go straight to your email. So take the moment right now to subscribe to get inspiration right to your email inbox. And if you think the message is good, you should totally check us out live and in person on Sundays. Visit our website, mychurchunleashed.tv for service times and locations. We would love for you to be our guest. All right. So I don't want to take any more time. 
Enjoy the rest of this message. I also know this. You are not a casualty. You are a conqueror. I mean, we are, we are teaching a culture today to play the victim. Oh, I know this ain't going to be popular, but it's true. I got this. I got this happened to me. It's blame, 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 blame everybody else instead of taking responsibility. And we've shifted from a culture of responsibility to a culture of neglect. And when we neglect responsibility, we stop growing. Responsibility is the foundation of personal growth. Too many people run through life blaming everything they experience on everybody else. God, I can't believe I'm in debt. And God's probably saying, stop using the credit card. I can't believe I'm sick. You've been smoking 45 packs a day. You see how this works, church? We blame everybody else for some things that we brought on ourselves, and not always. I mean, I get it. Bad things happen to good people. That stinks. But stop walking around with victim mentality. You're a victor. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror. And yet we go around and say, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get through this. don't know if I'm going to survive this. don't know. How's this? You are a conqueror, not a casualty, church. Paul, he's writing to a church in Corinth. He lists all the things they were facing. This is just the church. Persecution. They were being hunted down and murdered by the government. They were going through it. They had death threats. Insults, they were being attacked in the streets just for who they followed. But then the Apostle Paul says this, Yet in the midst of all these things, in the midst of all the pain and the persecution, we triumph over them all. Come on, church, that's good news. No matter what you're facing, you triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And he demonstrated love in our glorious victory over some things. Over part of the stuff we go through. Now he says, our glorious victory over what church? Everything. And so when we walk around with a victim mentality, we're actually going against God's word because you are not a victim, you are a victor. You are not the the tail, you are the head. You are the first and not the last. You are the apple of God's amazing eye. When he looks at you, he sees your potential, he sees his promises, and he sees all that he has designed for your life. You're not a casualty, you are a conqueror. Yeah, there's times we're going to walk around with a limp from some battles that we face. There's going to be some scars that you carry, but scars are a reminder. Limps are a reminder that you are still here, that you are still alive, and God still has something in store for your life. Stop playing the victim and start declaring your victory, church. Start declaring your victory over anything that hell throws at you. In fact, why don't we declare it right now? Come on, loud and proud. Say, I am more than a conqueror. Oh, church is 930 service, but I know you can do better than that. Come on. I am more than a conqueror. See, when God said you're more than a conqueror, it's not just because of you. It's all because of him. Get this in your spirit today. 
If you get nothing else, grab the victor mentality. When you face difficulty, declare, I am more than a conqueror. When you're sick, I am more than a conqueror. When you feel discouraged or depressed, I am more than a conqueror. When you are alone or anxious or stressed out, I am more than a conqueror. And this will be your finest hour. See, I've learned if you feel like the devil keeps knocking at your door, send Jesus to answer. I thought that was a lot better than that, but that's all right. Do you know what we often do? Oh my gosh, the devil's coming. Hey, how may I help you? When I'm going through it, and the enemy, it's like a burglar coming. Excuse me, Mr. Bishop, I'd like to rob your house. Yeah, come on in. No, I'm leaving the door locked. And I'm going to introduce him to a few of my friends. And it ain't my dog. A dog couldn't stop anything. First time I think I called it publicly my dog. <laughs> See, the Bible teaches you have victory over anything. So when the enemy comes and he's knocking, there's only one person that stands as your answer. It's name, his name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If that doesn't get you shouting, church, I'm not sure what will because you have victory over everything and anything because the word says you are more than a conqueror. And finally, never surrender your joy. Never surrender your joy. See, I found there's a difference between joy and happiness. Joy is internal. Internal. It comes from the word Cairo, ecstatic passion or love for life that can be found only in God. Cairo, joy. Then there's happiness. That's external. It comes from the word makairos. It's the word used to describe a person who's received a good fortune. Money, health, children. That sort of thing. Joy, Cairo, ecstatic passion that comes from God. Happiness is joy that comes from good things. Track with me on this. If all you got is happiness... When something bad happens, you will lose your happiness. But when you've got joy that comes from God, no matter what hell throws at you, you will still, you will smile. It doesn't mean that you don't feel the pain. It doesn't mean that you ignore it. It doesn't mean that you wish it away, but you still find a way to smile. Because you know you are more than a conqueror. See, we want you to develop some God-sized joy today and shift from just being happy to having an outrageous, contagious joy in this life. Listen to Psalm 37. It says this, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Now grab this thing. God delights in you. You bring a smile to God's face when he watches your life. You're in church today. You know what God is doing? Wow, See all those. I'm glad they're here. You made a good decision to start your week in God's house. God formed your life. And you bring God great pleasure. Your life, when lived right, gives God joy. And if we give God joy, I believe God wants to then give us joy. When we live that right life and we honor him, he sends that joy our way. God wants us to have joy in living. He wants us to enjoy life. 
Some of us, I think we feel guilty because God has blessed us. Can I take away? If God has blessed you, you ought to have more joy. Because you recognize it ain't me, it's all him. It's all him, his blessing. Our family was able to go on a Disney cruise, overpriced and overpromised. And yet we go. Why? We're celebrating this. Why? God blessed us to be able to do that. We're able to take our kids on that trip once in a lifetime. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, oh, can we? I'm going to sit here and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your blessings. God has given you the capacity to enjoy this life. When we're sitting on the deck and I'm looking at the ocean, you know what I'm thinking? Man, God, you formed this with a word? Let there be? And you gave us this to enjoy? Are you kidding me? Well, I, I just believe that. You know, I'm supposed to suffer all the time. Suffering's part of life, but when there's an opportunity to enjoy life, I want to grab it. I want to enjoy the blessings of God. God wants you to have joy in life. God wants you to have joy in prayer. Prayer ought to make you happy because you are talking to God. You are having communication with God. It's an open line of connection. You ought to have joy in love. Listen, Mary's still thrilled she's married to me after 17 years. Don't know how she does it. You ought to have joy in church attendance. Come to church, I ought to be happy. The Bible says in Psalm 42, 4, that we ought to be singing with joy when we come into God's house. Some of you wait till the song starts. You ought to be singing on the way in. Whistle while you walk into worship. I think there's a song about that. You ought to have joy in serving. That when you get an opportunity to serve somewhere, whether you serve the less fortunate, whether you serve within church, whether you're serving family, you ought to be happy about doing it. We thank you, God, I have the opportunity to do this. I'm going to do it happy when I take out the trash today. It's Sunday. It's trash day in the bishop house. I'm taking out the trash. I'm going to... Oh, maggots in there. I'm still going to smile. Then I'll burn it later. You ought to have joy in your workplace. You'll be happy when you work. Enjoy every moment. You ought to have joy in tithing. When I give to God, it's a joy. It's a pleasure to give to God. It's a pleasure to return to Him what is already His. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. How many gave happy today? Okay, well, all right. One, mark that down. You need to work on that one, okay? And you you ought to have joy in your house. There should be joy in your home. You should enjoy being with your family. Joy belongs in every home at Church Unleashed. We ought to have the happiest houses where our kids want to bring all their friends to our house because we have the most fun. That's how it ought to be. Smile, because this is your finest hour. See, joy goes beyond your situations, and it looks to your Savior. It looks beyond your present and sees God's promises. It focuses more on Jesus and less on us. Real joy gives us reason to sing, to dance, to shout, and to be filled with a sense of hope in every situation we ever experience in this life. Mother Teresa, she said this, Joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls. A joyful heart is the inevitable result of a heart burning with love. What an expression. Joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls. I love that line. 
I mean, if the church was as happy as it was designed to be, there would be no empty church on Sundays. Church, man, I could get happy there, even though I'm going through, yes, because Jesus is here. Wherever Jesus is, there's joy. And so if I've got Jesus in my life, something should get me excited about life. I'd be able to say, man, this is going to be a great day. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great month. It's going to be a great year for our students. It's going to be a great school year. Right? For moms and dads, you're sending your kids back. It's going to be a great school year. For us homeschooling parents, it's going to be a great school year. Don't surrender your joy. No matter what. Reality is, no one can take your joy without your permission. You give it up. Don't give up your joy. Church, don't, anything, don't let anything hijack your hope. Never forget you are not a casualty. You are a conqueror. You're not a victim. You are a victor. And don't surrender your joy because this is your finest hour. There's a 15-year-old young man who stood awkwardly in front of his headmaster in a Munich school who read the riot act to him, so he wrote years later. The boy was soundly censured for a lack of interest in his studies and was finally asked to leave the school. The headmaster said this, your presence in the class destroys the respect of the other students. The young man took an examination to enter the Swiss Federal Polytechnic School in Zurich later on in life, but failed to pass. He entered another school, finished his training, and then applied for an assistantship at Polytechnic. Again, he was rejected. He finally secured a position as a tutor for boys in a boarding house, but was soon fired. Finally, he managed to obtain a job in the patent office in Bern. The man who compiled this great string of failures was none other than the great teacher and mathematician, Albert Einstein. When you lock yourself out or someone shifts you around, if you believe it, you will stop your destiny. But if you keep pushing and keep trying and keep advancing, nothing, not even hell itself, can stop you from what God has designed for your life, church. But I'm in my darkest hour. Your darkest hour can become your finest hour. I mean, let's just look at one person as a source of the evidence. Jesus himself. His darkest hour was found on the cross. And in his darkest hour, where he was beaten, bloodied, and battered, that dark hour on the cross became the finest hour for our eternity, our salvation, our hope, our joy, our strength, our peace. The anointing that God has placed on you is not dependent on good times or bad times. It is not dependent on what you're going through or what you've been through. God's destiny on your life is solely dependent on his plan for your life. God's got a plan that cannot fail, church. Trust in his plan. This is your finest hour. Embrace it, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, because if God brought you to where you are today, he ain't finished with you yet. Would you close your eyes as we pray today?